Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Minnesota Twins 20, the Cleveland Guardians 6. I'm David Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and yesterday was an abysmal baseball game. Look, I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about this game. I, I don't think any of you want to listen about this game. But we, we, we have to talk about it a little bit. We got to get through it a little bit. And uh, there are brighter days ahead. This is not going to be one of our longest deep dive episodes. Uh, Jeff from Columbus, Jeff with a G said, uh, did the Guardians play tonight? Hi, Davey. I was busy today and didn't get a chance to tune into the Guardians game. Radio call since YouTube TV doesn't have Bally's. How was the game? Anything interesting happen? I really hope Royce Lewis doesn't hit a grand slam against us. No way that can happen, right? I bet Lucas Giolito pitches a gem and we score at least four runs and win the game. Okay, looking forward to your podcast. Jeff with a G. <laughs> Uh, Jeff said that, uh, at 8.40 at night. So a little bit of sarcasm there from our friend in Columbus. Uh, Tony emailed in, this game hurt my feelings. <laughs> Tony always short and sweet to the point. Marlon, what a beatdown! The Vikings beat the Browns by two touchdowns, 20 to six tonight. And the score doesn't quite do this game justice. I don't know how a word I don't know a word to describe Giolito's performance tonight. Bad, pathetic, abomination, albatross, horrendous, atrocious, abomination, terrible, nor pitiful doesn't begin to describe tonight's performance. Thor never had an outing this bad. Even in Thor's final appearance with the Guardians, he surrendered five runs through six innings of work. Heck, even Daniel Norris wouldn't have been this bad. A rookie ball or college pitcher wouldn't have been this bad. So uh, he continues to go on. Uh, so, yes. Um, we do have one nice email, which I will save for the end of the show. So, yes, Lucas Giolito gets absolutely hammered uh, in this game. I feel like, I think we can all, I think we all feel like uh, the at-bat against Ryan Jeffers seemed to break him. Yeah, he gives up the solo home run to Jorge Polanco. Uh, in the first inning. That guy kills us. Yes, they were hitting everything hard against him. Here are the exit velocities. Three lineouts. That's how he gets out of the first inning. Here are the exit velocities in the first inning. 101.4, 100.2, 101.5. That was a single. 98.7 and 95.5. So five hard hit balls to kick off the game. Luckily, three of them were lineouts. One of them goes for a home run. And uh, yes, it's only one nothing, but I guess the writing was on the wall at that point. So he does have two strikeouts to start the second inning. Uh, I mean, I guess we can go take a look at those at bats. Um, Solano and Walner both strike out, and uh, he, he's he's actually hitting the strike zone. Uh, gets a called strike on a fastball. A slider that he follows off, a fastball away, and then pumps a fastball right at the top of the strike zone to strike out Solano. Then uh, Walner, uh, let's see what he uses against him, uh, gets him to uh, chase a curveball to finally strike out, but he is locating the fastball. Uh, and then that brings up Jeffers. And he's trying to get Jeffers to chase chase the uh Change up. He throws Jeffers one, two, three, four, five, six change ups in the at bat. 
And finally, the 10th one, he misses high with. So, I mean, he really loses the grip on that 10th pitch. Jeffers fouls off after going down 0-2 to a changeup and a slider. After going down 0-2. And he chased a slider in the a changeup in the dirt on the first pitch. Fouls off a changeup. Fouls off a fastball. Fastball fouled off. Changeup that he takes for a ball uh, down in the dirt. Uh, changeup that he fouls off. Uh, changeup that he lays off inside for a ball. Then a four-seam fastball that he misses way up over his head for a ball. And then a changeup that he misses again high with. And you know if a changeup is high from Lucas Giolito, then he really lost the grip on it. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think Jeffers breaks him. Because after this, he uh, he would go on to fall apart in that second inning. He uh, would give up a single to Willie Castro. Then he'd walk Julian. He'd walk Polanco. And that was after Carl Willis like went out to talk to him. I, I hate that. I hate that. After the uh, pitching coach goes out to talk to you, that means you should like come back with a plan, right? Or was it before uh, Julian's at bat? I think it might have been before Julian's at bat because he misses with four straight pitches. And it's like, come on. The, the pitching coach is supposed to reset you. He's supposed to give you a break. I know it's not a video game, but the pitching coach is supposed to calm you down a little bit and tell you what to focus on. And he walks Julian on four straight. Then Polanco comes up. He walks a walk on six pitches after starting down 0-2. So he has a chance to get out of it. But it's slider in the dirt. It's uh, a changeup way off the plate. It's a changeup in the dirt. And then another changeup that he misses with high. So he loses the grip on it again. Before Royce Lewis, Mr. Grand Slam comes up and he decides, okay, I can't throw my changeup or my slider for a strike. I miss with both. I must throw him a fastball. And he throws one kind of right down the middle, middle in. And Mr. Grand Slam hits it 107.6 miles per hour out to left field to clear the bases. And it just doesn't get any better after this. Giolito only lasts three innings. Gives up... uh, Final line of the day, three innings pitch, seven hits, nine earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts, three home runs allowed. Correa would get him on another fastball to kick off the third inning. On 76 pitches, he is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. So I was looking at Giolito's numbers with the Angels, and uh, he had outings like this for the Angels. Uh, this The Angels fans would not be shocked. Uh, His first start against the Blue Jays, uh, he gives up two home runs, but only gives up three earned runs in that game. Goes five and a third innings. And his second start against the Atlanta Braves, and we all know how many home runs the Atlanta Braves can hit. He only lasts three and two-thirds, gives up eight hits, nine earned runs, three home runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. Does that sound familiar to anybody else? Sounds pretty much exactly what he did. In his debut here for Cleveland. Uh, Yeah, so in his starts with the Angels, he's gave up two home runs, three home runs. No home runs to the San Francisco Giants. A single home run to the Rangers, to the Reds. Three home runs in his final start to the Phillies. uh, But he only gave up five runs in that game and lasted five and two-thirds. But still gave up. So he's given up three home runs and back-to-back starts now. And three starts in the last, let's say, month, he's given up three home runs. 
So, okay, what has gone wrong for Giolito? Well, it's, it's pretty much the fastball. Pretty much the fastball. So I looked at the uh, slugging percentage. This isn't the expected slugging percentage. Slugging percentage is the actual slugging percentage on that fastball. And it went from okay to com- a complete disaster here in the month of August. So uh, it had been hovering around 400 basically all season. Uh, in April, it's 435, the slugging off his fastball. In May, it falls to 386. That's good. In June, it climbs to 446. In July, it climbs to 486. And then he gets traded. And for the month of August, they haven't really added September in here yet. It jumps to 788. The slugging off his forcing fastball jumps to 788. It's, I mean, the, it's not much better off a slider, 607. But this is a significant jump on that four-seam fastball when it comes to slugging percentage there. Even the expected slugging percentage is only 638. So, yes, a a big problem with that four-seam fastball. The whiff rate on that fastball has also fallen. Uh, It was around 19% all season. It falls to 15.9 for the month of August. So they are not missing the four-seam fastball. Uh, I was surprised. I thought his fly ball numbers would be higher because it felt like Everything yesterday from him was in the air. They were twins were hitting everything in the air off him. Uh, but his fly ball rate this season is only twenty nine point one, slightly higher than his career average. Um, so yeah, slightly higher than ma- major league average too. So I guess he is tends to be a little bit of a fly ball pitcher, but uh, it, it wasn't like more than the ground balls. Uh, the ground ball percentage is thirty six point two, which is well below league average. Um, so a little bit of a fly ball pitcher anyways, uh, but man, I mean, he's, maybe it's because the slider and the changeup he can't locate, but, uh, he, he is really, really getting hammered, um, with that, uh, with that four seam fastball. Yeah. His changeup percentage, uh, in the zone percentage with his changeup has fallen in August. So in, uh, July he was in the strike zone. 55.8% 55.8% of the times. It looks like the entire season he was in the strike zone with his changeup at least 50% of the time. 49.1 in, in June. We'll round up. So 50% of the time he's in the strike zone. It's plummeted to 40.2% of the time in that last month. So if he can't locate the changeup, then they get to sit dead red on that fastball. So can Carl Willis and the pitching staff here in Cleveland fix Lucas Giolito? In a month? I mean, they didn't fix Thor in a month. They didn't fix Syndergaard in a month. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix Giolito. Are they going to continue to pitch him? Probably. I mean, Bieber and McKenzie have shown some signs of getting healthy. Maybe rehab starts are in their future, but it sounds like Giolito is going to have to eat. I don't know. I mean, they still have Xavier Curry. So they still have the three, the four rookies and Cal Quantrill. So, I, I, does Lucas Giolito get DFA'd? Maybe. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't know. It, it was bad. It, it was about as bad as it could possibly be. And in the worst possible scenario, right, against the Minnesota Twins. Because we, we basically needed a sweep to stay in competition here in the American League Central. Now, we can still go win the series. And that's the thing about baseball. I, people on Guardians Twitter were losing it last night. Minnesota Twins fans were eating us alive on Guardians Twitter. It's one day. 
it, it's that's how baseball works. Okay, they get to talk all the trash they want for one day. We could easily come back and win the next two games of the series, move up a game in the standings on them when the series is all said and done, and still be in contention for this thing. And the relief pitchers we got, Matt Moore and uh, Ronaldo Lopez, could be valuable pieces down the stretch. Like Those parts can work out. But Giolito, my God, that was about as bad as he could possibly get. I mean, the, the Guardians' offense also doesn't do anything. Uh, Ramon Laureano somehow, some guys had hits late in the game. I'm not even going to, I don't even want to judge this offense because I don't know where these hits come from in the game. Uh, we do add some runs off them late in the game when things were completely out of hand. But, I mean, there were plenty of opportunities early in the game. Like, we could have gotten the offense rolling early in the game. We had a chance for a two-out rally in the first with Naylor singling and Calhoun walking. But Ramon Laureano pops out. Uh, I believe that was to the catcher. That one frustrated me because, you know, they, they had a one nothing lead after the first, but you had a chance here. You had a chance, and uh, I know Lopez is nasty against right-handed batters, and Lori- I, I like the lineup. I like the lineup when they announced it. Straw was on the bench. Uh, Arias and Naylor were back-to-back. Like, there were things to like about the lineup. Uh, but Ramon Laureano pops out here. So no rally there. Andres Jimenez with a leadoff single on the second. And I mean, you're down big already in the second inning. What was it? Six nothing. But you had a chance to get something going with an Andres Jimenez leadoff single. Nah, Brennan strikes out. Gabriel Arias hits in a force out. Bo Naylor grounds out. And then, I mean, then by the time the third inning's over, it's just... You score a run in the third. Quan singles, Ramirez triples. Nice to see Ramirez with a hit. But then Naylor strikes out. Calhoun strikes out. And Loreano grounds out. So they can't even get Ramirez home from third. He's standing there. Nobody out. And Ramirez is standing there in third base. And Naylor and Calhoun can't put it in play to get him in, which Naylor is actually having a decent game. Like, Naylor's been good since he's been back. So, uh, yeah. I, the Guardians offense I had chances, but uh, Giolito put him in absolutely no position to succeed. Uh, just terrible, terrible start. So I don't expect the offense to be feeling that peppy or feeling that confident after that kind of start all right uh let me let marlin finish venting and then we're gonna go to richard's nice email so uh he says shout out to oh uh i'm racking my brain to recall a cleveland starting pitcher this bad i understand it's his debut with a team but a veteran pitcher who had success at this level must be better I don't know if there should be an MVP for a day when a team gives up 20 runs. However, I do know Giolito should take home LVP, least valuable player. Um, shout out to David Fry for taking one for the team and pitching four innings to save the bullpen. According to Matt Underwood, there were a couple of milestones in this game. He mentioned that the first time a position player has pitched four innings in 35 years. He also said it was the first time Cleveland has given up 20 runs since June 4th, 2022 against the Twins. And then, all right, he goes on to question more Tito decisions. I don't care. At that point, I don't care. I don't care. Um, Marlon was also venting about Eli Morgan. Uh, this would have been the perfect use of Eli Morgan to eat up some innings instead of using Henches and De Los Santos. Um, De Los Santos should have pitched yesterday against the Rays when it mattered. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, Marlon. Uh, I know how you feel about Eli Morgan. Uh, but I appreciate the emails. Uh, I reached out on Twitter and I, I said, I'm really not looking forward to talking about this Guardians game tomorrow for the podcast. Please tweet or email me some questions. It didn't didn't really generate anything. I, I don't know if the morning people just don't aren't on Twitter or what, but uh, 
I don't hear from you very often on there. I don't like it either, but it's still the only way to communicate out things like this. Uh, I got one very, very sarcastic uh, tweet back at me from uh, someone named Kevin. And uh, not, not really worth talking about. Um, I did get a nice email here. Got a nice email uh, before the game started uh, from Richard. From Rich, a new emailer. Uh, Rich did not say where he's emailing in from, but said, love the show. Hello, Davey. Love your show. First time emailer to you. Listen every day. Through the ups and downs, I stayed loyal. I love Tito, and it would be so great to win it with him this year. It would be one for the ages for sure. I appreciate all your insight into the game I love. Thanks, Rich. Well, Rich, I appreciate the email. Thank you. Thank you for joining the conversation. And I hope you continue down the stretch here to be a frequent emailer. Uh, Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know questions you have. And we'll definitely discuss them on the show. Yeah, I know. You know, a lot of guys get that, that season where we get to celebrate them. And that's something Tito, I think, has expressed maybe that he doesn't want. You know, what what, uh, Miguel Cabrera is getting right now for Detroit. But if this is Tito's last season, one last hurrah, one last, last, you know, Central Division title, one last playoff race down the stretch would be a lot of fun. Uh, the, The Guardians have put themselves in no position to succeed all season. And people have pointed this out. Like, you realize if this team maybe gave up on Zanino faster, like, and made decisions on Ahmed Rosario faster uh, instead of letting him play so deep into the season, maybe this team wouldn't be five back and uh, uh, struggling to gain any ground in the American League Central and have a below 500 record yet still competing for the playoffs. Maybe that wouldn't be the case, but I do kind of believe in in the butterfly effect. Like, if you change one thing, what else changes? So, uh, you know, did all, you know, Francona, I'm sure would come up with some kind of quote that's like, well, I think the time behind Ahmed Rosario really helped Gabriel Arias. And, you know, he learned a lot. And when, when he stepped in, his, he was ready and it was his time. And if I believe Francona set, believes that if he would have started Arias as like the prime shortstop in May, it wouldn't have worked out for him. Like, I truly believe they've convinced themselves of that. Same thing with Bo Naylor. But yeah, it's really hard to deny what those guys are doing now and think we really could have used that production early in the season. You know, when people say games don't matter in April, my old mentor, Les Levine, always used to say, if you win in April, it means it's one less game you have to win late in the season. And we're in the exact opposite situation of that right now. So it would be great to give Tito one more run and give him one last hurrah, one last... Uh, playoff moment but my god the chips are stacked against us I mean everything has to go right and I think you can all agree a 20 to 6 loss to the Minnesota Twins is everything going wrong so alright that's all my thoughts Rich I hope you do continue to email in thank you so much Um, and let's wrap this thing up the final I I just said it you know it was bad uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Uh, hopefully if I, I you know, I, I see other people, they, they do mailbag episodes. Uh, but nobody really seems to care on Twitter. Uh, but you can follow me there at Davey Barris. I'll keep trying. Uh, you can email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Just like Rich did. Everyone is welcome to join the conversation. I want to hear from you morning people, especially down the stretch here. 
Let me know your thoughts and we'll discuss it on the show. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.